calamity. He didn't bump you. He didn't nudge you. He rubbed you. And Rubin's son is racing. Welcome everyone to Locked On iRacing. We're up to episode number five. What a good start we have tonight. I'm Peter Wilkinson and I'm joined tonight by Braden Martin. And also, very, very special guest, David Haynes, mate. How are you going? Oh, no, we've got Ryan Jones on tonight. Sorry. I forgot. <laughs> I've got the wrong name. How are you going, Ryan? <laughs> you done me dirty. You done me dirty. No, it serves me right. It serves me right. It does serve you right. Yes. Well, so, what did I So, for you? those who missed out, you called me Nathan Verney a couple of times, and then uh, I think we had David reference Nathan Verney and me doing the podcast, and Braden was the outsider the next week. It was good. No one's actually got it right yet, but that's okay. It's all good. Thank you for joining us tonight, mate. We've got a... A lot of stuff to talk about because you're in just about every result we talk about. Uh, and for those who've been listening to every episode, we do a little segment called Ryan Watch. So we check out where you've been finishing. And you've had a couple of good races this week as well, I see, in the results. Yeah, contrary to popular belief, I'm not that bad. <laughs> Mostly. Oh, uh, we, we, we don't go that far. <laughs> we, are tr- <laughs> we are trying to push that narrative as best we can. Oh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't blame so, you. Um, we'll get into, we've got lots of stuff tonight, so we're going to have a bit of a chat to Ryan, there's about 14 pages of questions here from you guys and from us, uh, so we'll get through them as quick as we can. Uh, we then also get us going to quickly go into what we've been up to, uh, and then we've got the big Aussie car announcement, so hang around the hour mark, maybe a bit after that we'll get into what is happening with Aussie car for Season 7 in Formula Skip Bar, but we've got all the goss and we'll go through that, and then we'll get scoop. into the results. What's that? Big Our, scoop, first, big, first scoop. big scoop. So yeah, looking forward to getting into that, and then we'll do results, and then we've got a whole heap of patch notes that we'll quickly guide over because there's some good stuff in there and then that'll be it for the night uh, if you're joining us for the first time you haven't joined the discord lockedonlads.com slash discord is to be able to get into there it's really cool lots of good stuff uh ryan's really scared for going to the show you show us your meat channel but it is quite worth it definitely <laughs> worth it have you gone in there yet ryan <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> We'll get you in there one day. It's really good. Uh, but definitely go over there and check that out. Uh, otherwise, yeah, check us out on all the socials. Locked on lads is pretty much the main places to get it. Uh, but let's get straight into the questions because, like I said, we have got a bucket load. So, Ryan, you're the guest tonight. Give us a bit of a rundown of who Ryan Jones actually is. Uh, you know, semi-competent racer, even less competent commentator, <laughs> and somewhat less competent at uh, media and social media press releases, which is what I get paid to do now as a, as a job, which is pretty pretty cozy. Um, yeah, like <laughs> who who they obviously didn't read the resume and they didn't have any any idea who you were when they gave you the job. Is that right? Well, I never sent a resume, so <laughs> clearly didn't. <laughs> surely, surely it wasn't Jay that gave a recommendation. No, well, Jay, sadly, sadly, and I hate to admit this, Jay is a recommendation on my resume. <laughs> Oh dear! Wow. As much there as we go, yeah, as much as I hate the guy, one hundred percent, yeah, one hundred percent hireable there, right there. So, um, yeah, you're very, very lucky. I still don't understand how you got that job, but anyway, it sounds like a really good job. We'll get to that in the end. We want to start with a little bit of the commentating, but we want to really start with when and why did you get into iRacing? racing? I racing, I racing came about in my senior year in high school. I was just as we all did. Wanting to just, you know, <laughs> jump off a really tall building from schoolwork and senior year, and I, I needed I needed a stress release that wasn't uh, going to lead to alcoholism or uh, drug use, <laughs> so I chose iRacing. 
and probably uh, almost, much almost more expensive. A, I was going to say almost the same costs. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, it, it, it has served me well, though, uh, in hindsight. Uh, yeah, I chose iRacing, obviously, because lifelong passion for motorsport. I'd always sort of had an eye on it and gone, that's pretty cool. I got into it on a really, really crappy laptop that could barely run it, um, which did not help me at all. I was bumping into people left, right, and center, uh, much like I still do. So are you still using that laptop? <laughs> yeah, not much has changed. Uh, uh, and yeah, it just sort of developed from there. Okay, nice. And so when did you start getting into commentary then on the iRacing side of things? <laughs> That's a story. It was in Anne's car, and you're going to love it. Oh. You're going to love this. Uh, yep. So I was in a race, and I think it was Matthew Clowett gave me a bit of a serve in a corner, put me in the fence, and ruined my race. And then I ended up a lap. Are you sure you didn't put yourself into the fence and just blamed it on him? Is that It was, no? I don't know, it's mid-2019, I can't remember. But anyway, okay. I ended up a lap down. I'm furious with them. Red mist is up. It's typical NASCAR. And I went full Matt Kansas on Joey Logano spec. And I just put him in the fence. I turned him around. And predictably, I got a race ban for it. Uh, <laughs> so, during this race ban, I thought, well, if I can't race, I may as well jump on board with the broadcast team. And I decided, heck. I'm going to give this commentary thing a go. And yeah, I jumped in the broadcast and commentated with Carl Withy, who still does the commentary for Anne's car. And Absolute legend, yeah. It went all right. I enjoyed it. I decided to keep doing it. And one thing has led to Hold another. Hold on. You, did you decide to keep going on with it or did Race Control tell you that you're probably better <laughs> off talking about it than actually racing it? <laughs> uh, maybe it's a bit of this, bit of that. <laughs> I'm back at the series of, now, so... That's a hell of a way to stumble into a, a new profession. <laughs> it's one heck of an origin story, that's for sure. Nice. So so you obviously started in Ansgar. How long did you do Ansgar for before you started moving elsewhere? Uh, I think I did uh, Ansgar stuff for a, a few months. Uh, and then I sort of started knocking on, on Jay's door, um, weirdly. And then... Yeah, started doing a lot of stuff for SimSpeed, eventually sort of left the broadcasting for, for Anne's car and started doing a ridiculous amount of stuff for SimSpeed, like every every day almost, which is, has petered off quite a bit now, uh, mainly because of yeah. real-world stuff. Um, but, yeah, that's sort of how oh, I made that but... jump to SimSpeed, and that's where I am now. Nice, and mainly just racing these days. Uh, when was the last time you commentated with SimSpeed? It was last week, I think. Last week, you said. Yes, it major. It, it was. It was the. No, it wasn't Aussie Car. No, it was the major series <laughs> at New Hampshire. Oh, yeah. yeah. There you go. So you you're racing a bit more. We want to get onto that in a little bit, but we want to get into the commentary side of things. We've had a few people ask about the broadcasting side of thing, and I'm just absolutely intrigued by it all. What what sort of information do you have at your fingertips that viewers don't get to see that help you, well, combinate in, in brackets here, commentate better? <laughs> um, there's a few things we can have. Uh, you're limited sometimes by your own setup. Obviously, we've all got different resources. Someone like Jay, or Bo, Albert um, all have, you know, massive multi-monitor setups or both got like a big curved monitor rather jay's got about 400 different yeah. monitors 
Um, and so they're able to have lots of different screens up with timing screens from uh, JRT, uh, then the iRacing screen, and then a separate broadcast feed. So generally, we can see a, a direct live feed of what Jay's putting out in real time. Yep. Plus we can see whatever we want to see on iRacing. And then you can look at live timing as well. Uh, I don't use the live timing just because I don't have enough screens for it. <laughs> <laughs> that laptop, you're really pushing that, aren't you? Well, Maybe time to upgrade. Might improve the driving as well. Yeah, I, I put the broadcast feed on my laptop and I put iRacing on my computer now. I've got a laptop and a TV. That's all i got. Okay, well, there you go. Um, the broadcast feed, is that through iRacing or is that through a third party? Third party. Like It is? Okay, cool. Well, there you go. So, how do you want you want to go with the next one, Braden? Yeah, so I guess for those of you that don't know, it's just not the sim world that you commentate as well. So, how much preparation do you have to do before like a race meet, whether it be like the sim world or or the real world? It really depends. When when I first got into sim racing commentary, I prepared a lot for sort of everything. Now I don't prepare sort of quite as much uh for, for sim racing stuff, but the level of preparation for real world is crazy. Uh, so I commentate the, the state series up here in Queensland uh, out at Morgan Park Raceway. And you've got to compile notes for uh, about nine or ten different categories <laughs> wow. um, who all run across the weekend, which is uh, wild. There's 30, 35 different races generally across the weekend as well. So you've got to have plenty of talking points in case there's safety cars and red flags or whatever. So, you know, you've got to do a lot of preparation and research into all the individual drivers and the series and all those sorts of things. Yeah, so is it just looking at, like, you know, where people are in the championship, any backgrounds on the drivers that could be interesting to bring up, previous race results, those kind of things? Yes, exactly that. Yeah. Very good. Um, have you sort of looked at other commentators of motorsport and tried to take anything from the way they're covering the sport at the moment? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, th- there's a few. Well, the main one is is probably Greg Rust, actually, who I've had the pleasure to work with, actually, on a sim racing event. And I touch base with quite a bit, actually, uh, in real life now as well, which is which is good. I sort of try to model a bit off what he does with his commentary um for uh, Australian Racing Group and Channel 7 and then obviously David Croft as well over in the Formula 1 world for has sure. has has quite a quite an exciting style that I that I really like and uh I I definitely want to try and utilize something similar to that uh, myself moving forward Very good So did you idolize any commentators when you're growing up was that something you were looking at back then? I mean, not not really, because growing up, it wasn't sort of a thing of I want to be a commentator when I grow up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I wasn't growing yeah, up. It was just something you got you fell into when you got angry one night. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd 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 always been like, oh, commentating would be really cool if you know what I mean. But I'd never yeah. I'd never gone. I want to do it. So I never idealized any of those guys, but. There's, there's obviously the names that I recognise and I, I still go, wow, that's really cool. Um, which is, yeah. again, ironically, Rusty um, uh, and, and Crofty and I guess all the guys, Crompo um, and Scafie, the people who've been the voices of the series I've been listening to 
sort of growing up. Uh, Daryl Waltrip and Mike Joy as well over in NASCAR. Yep. Okay, nice. So how often do you just start commentating things in your real life? (laughs) All the time. (laughs) All the time. Um, And and sometimes not even just commentating. Um, But everyone does this. Like, you'll make a remark on something, but it amazes me the amount of times, like, you make a remark on something. I'll, I'll say something to mum and, Five seconds later, the commentator says the exact same thing. I'm just like, I, I yep. could do that job. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there, haven't we? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, definitely yeah, definitely a lot of commentary happens when I'm sitting at home watching something. Nice. So we've got a, a friend of the show. I won't call him friend of the show. We've mentioned him a few times already, but Jay Kennedy's written in with a question for you. Uh, I'd love to learn how to stop being a sim. I'd love to learn how to stop being a sim commentator always out of retirement. Is that a reference that you understand? Oh, Jay has tried to retire from commentating sim racing <laughs> so many times. I, I had the pleasure of being on one of his swan song uh, retirement <laughs> calls, and I vividly remember saying, uh, don't be afraid, ladies and gentlemen, he will be back, rest assured. <laughs> <laughs> Lo and behold, he's back. Yeah, well, he's doing Aussie car last time I watched. So. <laughs> exactly yeah, right. I'm sure, he was definitely back last Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> Jay's Jay's very good at directing uh, all the broadcasts and putting everything together, all the overlays and everything you see on the broadcast is all done by Jay, and he does an incredible job uh, at that. But uh, commentary is not something he enjoys quite as much. Uh, he he does an all right job at that too, but you know he doesn't want to do it quite as much as some of the rest of us do. <laughs> but sometimes he has to do it. And he just can't seem yes. to stop doing it. He's not too happy about it. Oh. Uh, one day someone will get him out of there. Don't worry. He'll be able to retire. It's all good. We'll get you there, Jay. Don't worry. Uh, what's some of your favourite moments in commentary over the year? couple of years you've been doing it? You know what the funny thing is? I never remember anything of what I'm doing. This is <laughs> no, one of the things. doesn't surprise yep. me, to be honest. Yeah, and this is one of the things <laughs> when I'm commentating, I often have to take notes because I... We'll commentate something, and the next lap, I've just instantly forgotten what I said. And I'm like, <laughs> who are we talking about again? <laughs> and I'm just like, I, I don't know. Uh, it's a focus thing sometimes, you know. You, like, and, and sim racing can be tough like that sometimes. You're sat at home, you know? And it's, mm. can be, it can be tough to focus sometimes. You're sat at home. Sometimes you've got pets jumping all over you and distractions happening all around and, you know. It is a good point, really, because when you're out at the track or whatever, you know, you're really in job mode. This is this is work. I know I'm here to do a professional job, but it could be perceived as a little bit more relaxed and a little bit less, not professional because the way the SimSpeed does it is very professional, but that feeling of being at home in your room or wherever, your little office, wherever you're set up, it's probably not quite the same as being out at a track and it really feeling like business. Yeah, it's completely different completely different feel and atmosphere and um completely different style as well really yeah so what is the differences between the two i know this is way off script and probably got it down further but um what's the differences the big differences between real and and sim commentating well i i just think sim racing in general has a style of of commentary and, and you'll find it a lot uh with with certain commentators um I don't, I don't, I don't think I want to name names. 
Don't know names. Um, you can if you want. We'll 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 we'll, we'll just we'll call them out later anyway. It's all good. <laughs> no, but there's 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 great commentators in in Australian community who are very suited to sim racing. No, okay. So Bo Albert loves commentating sim racing events, right? And he's explicitly said he wants to stick to sim racing, right? And yep. he has a voice that's very suited for sim racing because he loves high energy, high excitement calls, and that's what I love about Bo's yep. commentary, right? He's really high energy. And that's the style that every sim racing commentator, if you listen to them, uh, really has. But if you take that out to a PA system at a racetrack, <laughs> yep. you'll blow the speakers. <laughs> yeah, fair point. So you have yeah, to dial it back. Definitely. So you've got to have a sort of a really different style. Um, and plus, you can't maintain that for 12 hours straight at a mm. racetrack. That's true. Yeah, definitely. Um, so one of the things... Behind the scenes, we've been trying. We've been working on in the in the audio side of the podcasting. Is Braden's volumes go very much up and down? <laughs> where mine sort of stay steady because I've been doing it for so long. So, yeah, I understand that completely. Uh, so, how many people's races do you reckon you've ruined over the years in, with commentators' curse? Because you seem to be good at it. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> if I've called you in a race, I've probably ruined your race. <laughs> It's something you and Peter probably have in common, to be honest. The amount of times he's just said, oh, geez, Braden's driving really well in this Enduro. Next minute, I'm stuck in a tyre barrier. <laughs> yeah. That is, so do you believe in it? Like, how many times have you come across it where you've you've said, or someone said something, and then all of a sudden they're in the wall? I, I know I, see, I seem to see it all the time, but is it something you notice as well? Oh, 100%. And I think the explanation for it is just, when you're searching for talking points... You're going. You're going to find yourself in this spot where the next likely occurrence yeah. of an event is going to be, and so you talk about it, and then that event happens. It's also that bias between our brains, like actually remembering the thing. We make that connection. Oh, I just said that, and this happened. But you don't remember the eight thousand times beforehand where you said something <laughs> and it didn't happen. So exactly right. A bit of brain bias going on as well. <laughs> That's the way a smarter person would say it yeah (laughs) (laughs) don't know about smarter is there anyone you'd really hope to work with one day i know you said you've obviously already worked with um greg rust but is there anyone else on the list that you'd like to tick off um yeah um (laughs) i mean there's there's a big i guess I'd actually, I'd like to work with my boss in real life, actually. <laughs> Lachlan Mansell. Um, I've called plenty of sim races with him, but I haven't commentated with him in real life yet. Um, so that's definitely one. We've got to get that crossed off a list. Um, I think maybe Chad and Alon, Matt Nolte, would be probably pretty cool to, to work with. They're both, I think, commentators who I think I would bounce off quite well in the commentary box in terms of sort of their character and, and their style. So, how hard is it to watch a broadcast of any description at any kind of sporting event and and have bad commentary on there? How hard is that for you to to sit there and put put yourself through? I was explicitly told to be careful with this question. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Don't name names. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> no comment. Okay. Cool. <laughs> um. So we've got another question from the audience. Uh, the other podcast host, apparently, according to you guys, is Nathan Verney, and he's coming with a question. Uh, what's what's the top five and bottom five, 
bottom five driver name related puns you've heard from David Haynes when commentating. Now he goes back to Jeremy Bush in Aussie Car turning into a tree in the VIR uh, is one of his faves. Have you got any <laughs> puns you can st- stick out in your mind? I know you just said you forget everything after it happens, yeah, but ex- is there anything ex- that sticks out? <laughs> exactly. So no, there's not. But I think that that's one of the things about David is that's sort of his uh, one of his charms about his style is <laughs> some of the sort of jokes he, he pulls and David's very laid back, chill, uh, pulls jokes and pulls difficult stats and, and facts at you. I mean, I love working with David just for those those moments. It's quite fun. <laughs> it's um, he's just he's been to just about every track, hasn't he? So he's got that local knowledge that most people just don't get. Yeah, he has. He's he's raced as well at, at most tracks. Not just been there. He's raced at a lot of tracks. Um, I know he's raced at Virginia. Um, and yeah, because I remember he was talking big time about that when 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 we we're there, given all kinds of commentary about the the surrounding um, hills and the different accommodation fits and the the I think the the vendor came up the hot dog vendor or someone yeah it, it, <laughs> may, it may, it may have even or and, the vending machine and, and even uh, the Indianapolis road course as well yeah he's uh, he's been quite lucky yeah, a little bastard anyway one day we we may not invite him on so we'll, we'll get some stories from him eventually I guess <laughs> you were, I'll leave it back up to you Braden though <laughs> you were saying um earlier um about some of the commentators you'd like to work with and you mentioned that you feel like you'd bounce off them pretty well how important would you consider that chemistry between commentators on a, bo- a broadcast it is so crucial if, if if you don't get along well with your commentator sort of in terms of the way you work together the entire broadcast can just fall apart i mean if you go back to certain broadcasts that we that i've done with sim speed i'll sound terrible just because Maybe not even in general, but on that given day, I've just not worked well with whoever I'm commentating with. We've not gelled on that day. And so when you throw yeah. to them, they don't pick up, or, or vice versa, <laughs> they throw to me and I don't pick up. You know, it, it just starts to fall flat. There's lots of dead air. Uh, jokes don't get picked up on, and you feel awkward. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, you know, you, you try to reference an earlier event and they can't help you or and, and things like that. It, it's very important, um, and something that sort of whoever's running the show has to keep an eye on is certainly that chemistry, and that's something that Jay has to do as well. As aside from just wrangle everyone in SimSpeed together to get a broadcast going, is try and pair uh, the good commentary teams together. Yeah, yeah. So, question without notice: How often is Jay in your ear talking to you when you're when you're commentating? Uh, not much, but still too often. <laughs> too often, <laughs> that's fair. And um, how many times have you dropped the the swear words on broadcast? I know there was a very big moment last year that you did it. Is it happen often? <laughs> that was the. <laughs> <laughs> he remembers that one. <laughs> that was that the, o- the memory. That was the only time it happened, and it happened twice in one sentence. <laughs> Oh, I loved it. It was great stuff to watch. And it only um, happened but... because I was recounting a story in which I swore. <laughs> so the lesson I learned was simply do not swear. Don't, don't recount a story in which you swear. But I, but I am amazed I haven't that. done it more because uh, 
anyone who's ever talked to me outside of a commentary booth knows <laughs> that I swear, like, no tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. We, we, we try and keep it clean here on the podcast, but it doesn't happen sometimes. I have to put an, a little E next to the symbol every now and then. <laughs> um, but then if you listen to my other podcast, there's, there's F and S and F and S every other <laughs> word. So... Um, we try and keep it positive here, but what, what's your, mo- oh, sorry, this is a question from the audience again. Matthew might, uh, will be coming back to, oh no, we're not allowed to announce that yet, but he may be joining Locked On Racing fairly soon. Uh, <laughs> he comes in with a question I, saying, I feel like that what is the most frustrating? <laughs> I don't feel like that was, yeah. no, I'm not so sure. I feel like that was an, an announcement. <laughs> yeah. He, he's going to do it anyway. Look, thank you. There's a, there's a scoop as well. Uh, Locked On Racing's coming back in big time next season. So, uh, what is the most frustrating thing about commentating? Ooh, probably. And you can't say Jay. You know, when I first saw that question, it was going to be that that was going to be my answer. <laughs> um, it for me, it is certainly like when I'm making mistakes, screwing up and stuff, and that's something that you that I need to work on because we all make mistakes. I mean, if you go and watch even a top-level broadcast, Formula 1, NASCAR, IndyCar, supercars, you'll hear mistakes from even those commentators because it's just, when you're trying to get out information quickly, it's going to happen. And yeah. it, and it's a live broadcast. Uh, so that's and, that's frustrating, but... I don't some know. of those moments actually make some of the best moments as well. So if you can, can work yeah. out sort of how to roll that into something more positive... It can end up being really um, quite good as well. So. But I think in sim racing specifically is probably the driving standards. <laughs> when, when you get some some uh, rebellious drivers in to to some of the races, shall we say, and they do some <laughs> untoward maneuvers, <laughs> that can be frustrating. Do do you ever message them afterwards and say maybe you should be a commentator? <laughs> <laughs> May I interest you in a race ban? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so quickly, before we go on to what Braden wants to ask you next, how frustrated would you have been with um, commentating the Aussie car the other night where there was a caution every 10 laps or 5 laps or whatever it was? Oh, you something like that. Aussie car or Anscar? Anscar, sorry, Anscar. Well, your Aussie car was pretty bad, but Anscar, I mean, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I might, I might have faked an electrical failure. <laughs> <laughs> You would have had to have a lot of notes uh, prepared to cover all the safety cars. Yeah, I wouldn't have had. I would have been absolutely screwed. <laughs> uh, are there certain car types or tracks or the combinations of both that have kind of proved more difficult to commentate on than others? Anything at the Nordschleifer uh, gives me uh, night sweats. Uh, because I just absolutely hate the track. Especially for you with David, who probably knows all you know, hundred and forty-four corn names off by heart. <laughs> yeah, pr- pretty much. Or, or Bo, who lives for that track. Uh, yep. It's you know, all yeah. I think <laughs> going somewhere you don't know or a car you're not comfortable with is, is difficult. Uh, which is why you, sim racing, being sim racing, you can just jump into a few practice laps. Is always very helpful, but you always want to do a bit of practice beforehand. Yep. Um, there's a um, there's a track that we're going to announce later in Aussie Car that I want to get your feedback on 
for ideas of commentary, but we'll get to that later. I'm very interested to hear your <laughs> feedback on that, but go, Brain. Uh, so what's been the biggest thing you've learned commentating in the real world that you've been able to bring back to sim racing, or is there anything in sim racing that certainly helped you out when you've uh, done real-life events as well? Well, it's curious. Well, I think sim, sim racing... Sim racing is the only reason I'm in the real world, so there's that to, to ponder on. <laughs> um, yeah, I I don't know at, at this stage. Um, there, there's there's a few projects in the pipeline yet unannounced that I can't announce. Ooh, Ooh. you could <laughs> it, if you wanted to, uh, but I can't. Every time Pete hears something like that, I think his ears prick up underneath the headphones. I was half asleep, actually, till I heard that. So, yeah, that's um, uh, Speaks for the quality of this podcast. Um, <laughs> it's because I'm actually doing some work this week. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that could maybe open up a, a few more things in the real world that could maybe help out and, and translate back and forth. But at the moment, it's tough because what I'm doing is so drastically different. What I'm doing in real life at the moment is uh, 35 races in a row, almost 12-hour long days by myself. And what I'm doing in, in sim racing is pretty much just short, sharp races with a commentator by my side, and it's really high-energy stuff. Yep. So it, it, yeah, that's it, two completely different yeah. things. You don't get anyone to bounce off like for 12 hours. That would be crazy. I, yeah, power to you for doing that. Is it? Is there like um, obviously you would have? Do you have the monitors and stuff in the real life as well that you can see different angles of what's going on, or do you have the one position on the track where you've got to try and view most things from? Morgan Park's fortunate in that the commentary tower is located, or the race control tower, the commentary booth is, is on top of a hill, so you can see seventy five percent of the track. There's probably two or three corners, one of which is critical. Uh, which is hidden from view, <laughs> which <laughs> which is hidden from view, but you can see most of the track, which is good uh, because you don't have any monitors in the uh, booth apart from just a timing screen, yep. which doesn't show the whole field. It rotates through. So <laughs> when you so how often are you on binoculars at that a track like that? Then I don't use the binoculars. You just use your your young eyes to to see across the track. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Nice. And I, apart from Morgan Park, has your real-life commentary taken you to any other tracks yet? Uh, real-life commentary is not yet, but other real-life commitments have with Chuck and Flag Media. Yep. Uh, we'll touch on that soon as well. If there was a dream series or track or event that you'd really like to cover uh, for real-life racing, where, where would that be? <laughs> That's a list that is too big. <laughs> <laughs> You got a, a top, a top three, a top five. Uh, so, there's so much I want to do. Like, sort of, you know, in in a perfect world scenario where talent wasn't a limiting factor, and and <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, being the right spot at the right time wasn't going to be an issue. You know, you'd go to America and call and call NASCAR Cup races. You know. Which would be a, a, a cool yeah. full circle moment from coming from Anscar. Um, <laughs> uh, Formula One, you know, supercars, you want to do it all, right? But yeah. just yeah. being able to commentate a full national level series would be pretty cool. Yeah. 
So you're you're also look. Some would say not us, definitely not us. But some would say a successful driver in our racing community. What's your your favourite moments when you've been racing? Successful. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say that. I would say competent, no. but not successful. Yeah. Um, Don't worry. People reach out to me to tell me that you won a race, and I didn't believe them because there's no video footage of it. So yeah, the know. one people, people think you're good. Yeah, the one <laughs> race I won wasn't live streams. <laughs> I feel that pain. And I'm not watching that replay stuff. I don't care about the highlights package. Bad luck, I don't want to watch that. But is that one of your highlights, though, getting to win big big races like that? I love going to NASCAR. Um, I mean, I think just being able to race with some of the uh, NASCAR boys over on sort of a, a long extended run is good because a lot of the over racing you do on i racing is short and filled with cautions yeah. on an official racing uh so you know you get on with the anscar league and you, you can go generally you can get at least one long green flag run in uh the race that we just had that we'll touch on a little bit later on when <laughs> you know pretty much most of the race green which was fantastic for for the race and not so much for me yeah definitely it definitely um it, I really enjoyed that. We'll talk about it later, but that that was one of the better races I've seen out of the Ants car, and and watching the strategy unfold, uh, much to your demise, uh, was was quite quite enjoyable. Um, but we've also got another question from J Mac out of the Discord. So, when Ryan isn't commentating, does he get to jump uh, time to jump into iRacing racing and race? What series would be his favourite to watch or and or commentate? So two-part question there for you. Well, obviously, I do a lot of racing now. I went through a period where I did almost no racing at all for quite a while, but I've gotten back into it a little bit now. I do a lot of official oval racing uh, yep. and a, a fair bit of league racing now. Uh, in the Was it oval racing that got you into it in the first place, or was it something was, did you jump straight into the road? I always wanted to do oval. I've always yeah. been a big NASCAR fan, so I always wanted to do that. Um, and I'm certainly better at oval than I am at road. <laughs> you got to turn left and that's it yeah, exactly doesn't take much brain capacity um uh so is there a favorite series that you you like to watch or commentate on the the pro trucks would be probably pro truck showdown would probably be my favorite one to watch and commentate if i wasn't racing in it because it's basically it's basically stadium super trucks, but yeah. just without the ramps. Yeah, they definitely need. I to want add the ramps. ramps. I want iRacing. Yeah, to ramps if iRacing, if iRacing could put the ramps in, that series would hit astronomical figures. Trust me. Yeah, definitely. It's the only thing I miss about it. I'm like, oh, we just need a bit more, a bit more action over jumps, and we'd be right. But yeah, that is a phenomenal series. I haven't had a chance to watch last night's race, so we'll get you to do the results of that one for us later on. I think. Um, so have you done any real life, real life racing at all? Uh, no, I haven't. I am not rich. <laughs> not rich. <laughs> if the opportunity came up though, with, with the stuff we're about to go into with Checkered Flag, would you jump at that or would you be too worried about it? I don't know, honestly. I, I, I would want to, but I, I, uh. I don't know. There's a lot of personal reasons why I maybe wouldn't go into it. 
So uh, that is fair. So yeah, so something I've always sort of suffered from is sort of really, sort of really uh, severe anxiety, um, which is screwed with me really badly, um, <laughs> really badly this year trying to catch plane flights all over the damn country. <laughs> wow! <yeah. laughs> In airports. <laughs> Where's the toilet? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so you don't want to go travelling all over the countryside for for commentary, then? Obviously, I do. Um, I can deal with it to a point, um, but if I had to get in a race car and race, I probably wouldn't be able to handle it because it <laughs> pops up with even the most mundane crap. It's just ridiculous, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, now we, we with locked on lads, we um, we have a whole mental health channel in there, and anxiety is one of the things that a lot of people in there suffer from at some stage in their life. So, I understand that completely. Don't worry about it, mate. Um, let's get into the real good stuff. Let's get into somehow you picked up this dream job with Checkered Flag Media. What's the best part about that job? <laughs> Traveling the country, um, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and either getting to work from home or at a racetrack is not too shabby either. I mean, um, so what is your what is your role with Checkered Flag Media? What what do you do? Officially, I'm an account coordinator. Unof- well, that sounds fancy. Unofficially, I run the business for about seven weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lockie Mansell... Ooh, I've got to be really careful here. Lockie Mansell went away to work <laughs> on a secret project for an extended period of time. And that is literally all I can wow. say. <laughs> so he's made a... Uh, oh, no, I'm let it say it, am I? I better not guess it. I don't want to guess it. It'll get you in trouble. Um... <laughs> What's give us a background of what Checkered Flag Media actually is? Uh, so it's a media and PR company basically that works with teams and drivers and and series um, to help promote them and, and their sponsors and help move them forward. And how fun or complicated is it? So you said you're an account manager, and and I I believe you work with several social media accounts. Is that right? Yeah. So so basically, what I do at the moment is I do a lot of the social media for uh, the majority of our clients, um, and also a lot of the press releases as well. I have a hand in at some point. Um, Obviously, while so obviously, how fun- obviously while Lockie was away, I did all of the press releases, <laughs> all the- <laughs> which was wild. Um, but look, I just, I just want to say when Lockie, Lockie's thing is announced, it's going to be amazing for him, me, and the company. Um, okay, but uh, it's to, uh, def- def- it. definitely a topic that maybe the podcast broach uh, once everything's up in the air uh, later this year. Okay, sounds good. I want to. No, straight away, so we can get on that straight away. Uh, how fun and complicated is it, though, to be running all those multiple social media accounts? And especially with anxiety, are you worried about using the wrong account to do the wrong thing? <laughs> I've already done it once. <laughs> 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 and I was having... Did anyone notice when you did it or not? I'm so glad no one did. I put, I accidentally posted our smallest client's uh, post onto our biggest client's page. <laughs> Well, which, happy. which, when you think about it, is not the worst mistake I could have made. <laughs> when all was said and done, no, someone got some great exposure out of that. That's right, exactly. exactly. You're just trying to help out where you can, you know? Yeah, exactly. Looking out for the little guy. <laughs> uh, no, but it's really fun, you know. I get to use my creativity uh, 
and play play on my phone all, all day long, you know, on Instagram and, and <laughs> do, Facebook. Do you have conversations with yourself through different accounts? <laughs> no. I'm thinking about it now, though. <laughs> I definitely do like all of my own personal stuff, though, with each of, my, with, with each of the accounts I've got. That's fair. That's uh, fair. I mean, so we can go look at your account, and we can work out who's liking it, and then we can work out who you have access to. Okay, thank yeah, you. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> That's okay. Just just start liking some of our posts, and we'll, we'll be good. We'll call it even. That'll be fine. <laughs> Where do we expect the job? We can't even talk about this. <laughs> You could. <laughs> you just told us that there's, there's big announcements coming. So where do you expect this job uh, with Checkered Flag Media to take you in the future? Um, Sydney next week. Um... <laughs> that is the future. He's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, down at Sydney, Motorsport Park next weekend. Um, I'll probably keep chasing the Shannon's Nationals calendar around the rest of the year. Um, yep. we got clients and Carrera Cups and... Uh, so it might be following them to different events. It depends, you know, it might be me, it might be Lachlan at, at some event. So, yep. you know, I don't go to every event we've got a client at. Lachlan goes to some, I go to some. We might both go to some. I'm hoping to get to Townsville later this year as well. Ooh, and, I'm, I'm hoping to get there as well, just because, yeah. So is that for the V8s at that stage? Uh, that'll be for some of our clients, or, part, or part of the V8 round, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, but cool. there's there's a few there's a few things that could definitely help my commentary uh, potentially coming through <laughs> CFM as well, which is cool. But you know, secret squirrel business that <laughs> as okay. as you love to hear. We'll, we'll find out one stage. Um, so have you ever been starstruck with? Um, well, obviously not when you're commentating, but the, with your work with Checkered Flag Media. <sighs> probably. Not so much. Only one person have I actually probably been, walked past and gone, ah, oh, that's that's him, <laughs> and 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 that was, um, Wink Up because he's the person yep. I've supported my whole life, right? Ah, uh, okay, yep. And not because he won championships. I supported him since before then when I was like seven years old. Okay, um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Peter was actually hoping you were going to say, yeah, coming on the podcast tonight was the first time, but you missed that opportunity. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I'm going to cry in the corner later. We can redo it if you really want. <laughs> no, this is one take. <laughs> um, but I've definitely met some really cool people, that's for sure. Um, I, I was going to say, uh, I ran into Scotty McLaughlin back when he was Volvo. At Bathurst, he was walking out at Woolies one time. That was the biggest moment for me. He was walking out with his magnums about to um, <laughs> was on the Wednesday before Bathurst, and we just yeah, there he's in the in the checkout next to us. And um, the the highlight though was when he grabbed his brand new Volvo and burned, uh, did a big uh, slide outside of the car park <laughs> down the main street of Bathurst because we're wrecking him on. But yeah, so uh, it's good fun. I've, I've seen Wink. I've met Wink up a couple of times, which. Um, I'm not starstruck like you were over him because he's a bit of a nobody, but, you know. Uh, <laughs> you know. Oh, he's he's good guy. He had his win on the weekend. It was really good. I'll, we'll talk about that. We, we're hopefully going to talk about that later. But, look, that wraps up most of the stuff except for one last question. What's your rig look like now? Um, 
Ooh. Uh, it is dusty. Uh, <laughs> dusty. <laughs> that pretty much sums it. I heard you racing in it last night. That pretty on. much sums it up. Be that does. Um, well, I got the Fanatec Club Sport wheelbase and a McLaren GT3 win. And the uh, V3 pedals and Fanatec as well. Um, but I got the Obato Revolution cockpit, which has like these two articulating um, arms, which are really useful because I can stick a laptop on one of them and my microphone on the other one. <laughs> and they both swivel around in front of me like articulating arms. <laughs> they both swivel around in front of me. <laughs> I don't know what Funny I'm... that, isn't yeah. it? And then, and then obviously a keyboard and mouse tray as well. So it's basically my, my, my home office desk as well. Because I'm quite limited for space here, I couldn't get a desk and a rig, so I thought, all right, yeah, this this cockpit is a really good compromise. It can serve as a desk and a rig very functionally. So yeah, it's where I work from. So every time you commentate, you're from the rig anyway. Yeah, and it's where I do all okay. my work for CFM from when I'm at home as well. So you could just you jump go. in the race at any point and take out Peter for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I ac- yeah, well, what's the- when I accidentally joined the majors race as a driver uh, <laughs> last weekend, it was a very real possibility that if Cameron Dance was winning the second race, <laughs> he wasn't going to win the hey, second no race. No one would have stopped you from that. <laughs> no one would have stopped you at all. Um, but there's no need to try and take me out. I do a good enough job of that on myself, so that's fine. But we'll move on to that. Concludes the actual interview part. We're going to move on to what we've been up to and watching, and then we're going to talk about some Aussie car stuff. But Ryan, we're going to start with you, mate, since you've been talking for an hour almost. What have you been up to for the last week in iRacing? racing? Uh, a lot of Anscar, uh, and Pro Truck Showdown, and a lot of official racing, pretty much. Yep. What, so what officials you've been doing the which of the over ones have you been doing? Uh, class C fixed I do majority of, uh, and class A fixed and a couple class B fixed. I I don't run any open class races because I just don't have time to do an open setup and I don't want to spend money to get an open setup so I don't bother with them. That's fair. Okay, so with Anne's car, um. How much practice do you put in for that, just out of interest? Do you do any? I, I assume you don't, but do you do any practice? <laughs> no, just just whatever practice is in the session, which is the one hour they get before the before qualifying starts. Um, but I, I, I whenever, okay. whenever I jump in, I generally jump in and fire straight to the top of the timing board. Um, oh, you do, do you? I, I noticed that. I definitely noticed that, for sure. Um, but full disclaimer, um, that's what I'm known for, is firing to the top of the leaderboard. <laughs> And then quickly going down the order over the course of the run. <laughs> That's very much my yes. thing. <laughs> Mate, at least you're at the top once. That's all that matters. Yeah, exactly. To be honest. Um, I'm going to talk about what I've been up to because honestly, it hasn't been much. We've got some stuff to talk about with the Aussie car. We I tested a track and that was about it. I did some dirt car sprint, uh, some sprint cars um, on dirt, the 305 practice. But I haven't had a chance to do any officials all week because I've been too busy. Work's been nuts. Um, buying my, what, 13th vehicle, 14th vehicle today. So just to try and ease us up a little bit. So hopefully get back to some racing in the next week or two. But um, Braden, mate, obviously besides Aussie car, because I, I did that. Not very well, but I did that. 
What have you been up to for the last week, mate? Yeah, so like you said, we had um, Aussie Car at Monza Junior, so we'll just, uh, that took up a bit of practice time, um, and then the race that we had on Thursday as well. Um, I've been doing a fair bit of racing, well, when I say a fair bit, I did a bit of racing at Watkins Glen, uh, which was actually pretty fun. It was the bus stop layout this time, and it was actually surprisingly pretty good for my I rating, which is... Uh, good it's a really yeah you're back over 2000 yeah managed to squeeze myself back over 2k um it's been fun frustrating hilarious at times uh some of the people who race there just don't quite understand the need for working together or like what it means to draft or anything like that so um and i guess what the biggest thing they probably don't understand is what their own pace is so it's obviously a track where you can be really quick because you're getting you know half a second to a second of draft basically every single lap so if you don't understand that you're only with that group because of the draft then you very quickly get mixed up in battles that you don't need to be battling for and you lose time and groups just drive away from you so at times it can be pretty frustrating um, but if you get with a good group you can really work together and get yourself out of um, out of the battles and sort of race away. So I did three races there. Can I bring Ryan Jones in on this for a second? Ryan, you there? Yeah. Do you remember commentating <laughs> Aussie Car at Watkins Glen a couple seasons ago? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How frustrating of an event was that to watch with basically what um, Braden just talked about there? Because <clears throat> it was one of those ones that stick out in my memory. Uh, it was a very influential I think it was uh, race in the whole the whole story that is Aussie Car Formula Skip Bar. Was it oh, oh, like yes. Chris Williams or someone who just drove away from the field because No Cam Dance. Oh, that Cam was one Dance. of the Cam Dance's yeah. first ones. But it was I can't remember, was it um Aiden or was it someone else was battling for second and battling hard and yeah. there was just a freight train behind him. And Ryan you and David just Stuck it to him, and from there he, he got he's reckoned he was, he was painted as the villain by Sims being unfairly That's just right, I do and all that, all that debacle. <laughs> well, he should have driven harder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I assume you were just frustrated watching Cameron dance split away from the field. I think that was obviously the more frustrating thing for Generally you. Generally, always am, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, the Watkins Glen is one of those things where, yeah, it, and it proved there. There was the, the multi-car pile-up at the end. Uh, we've got to give a shout-out to Russell Clark, who had a multi-car, the two-car pile-up he showed us in the Aussie Guard server. Oh, yes. Um, and <laughs> it ruined his car. His car was halfway across the start-finish line on the last lap, so checkered flag was, was five centimetres from his grasp, <laughs> but the guy took out his drive, so he couldn't actually move anywhere. And all you see is this poor Milo car sitting on the start finish line, revving its guts out, trying to move that last <laughs> couple of centimetres. <laughs> poor guy. That was pretty funny. Not really, poor guy. But um, yeah, sorry. Back to you, Brad. Yeah, sorry. so, no, it was just, it was fun, but it, it's really annoying when you can just see the race slipping away from you when you're basically on the second or third lap of the race because, you know, rather than someone lifting and letting you get that run um, on the main, on that first straight and giving your room into the bus stop, they want to either fighter or drive defensive, slow you both down. Um, and then if you try to explain to them, hey, let's work together, then they kind of think or that you're the one holding them up when it's just that the draft just keeps anyone with you. It's basically like if you're leading at the front of turn, uh, if you're leading into turn one and you have a car within, you know, six tenths, seven tenths of a second 
with you, there's no way you can be leading at the bus stop. Like it's just it's no. just impossible. The cars have such a, a massive draft effect and um yeah. so yeah, that's been pretty frustrating. But I, I did three races there and got a fifth, a fourth and a third. So um well it was done. just yeah, dodging the crazies and trying to stay out of trouble. Um, but like the, none of those races were ever possible to win because a guy got a jump at the start, got away from people battling, and by the time people had figured out that they need to work together, it's too late. So um, yeah, I had a good race with, uh, I think it was Sean McKenzie um, and maybe someone else. We had a really good last lap battle and I managed to get him on the outside um, of the last turn, um, which was really fun. Um, I also did a few test laps at some of the tracks that we'll announce uh, once Ara had given us the inside scoop for the podcast. Um, I didn't do too many, just a handful at each one, so I sort of got a feel for them before tonight. Um, and I also kind of forgot to mention last week that uh, Matthew and Nathan and I did the uh, VRS Enduro at Lime Rock Park. So we started 31st and came home 16th, despite Nathan and I trying our best to take up all of the incident points before Matthew <laughs> even got into the car. But <laughs> I think he had one or two left by the time his stint came along. So he unfortunately had to cop the drive-through penalty. But um, yeah, it actually went not what too chaos bad. that track is for, for GT3s. Yeah, wow. it, was, it was hard work. And like my shoulder was so sore. It felt like I'd driven an oval for my hour stint. Like... It was just, it was pretty, pretty crazy. And then apart from that, obviously it was a massive week of real world motorsport as well with the supercars, the Formula One, the IndyCar and MotoGP. So I watched uh, all of those except for the MotoGP. I didn't manage to catch, but yeah, uh, some pretty good races in the V8s and um, the Formula One race was pretty, pretty hectic as well. Um, And then, yeah, it was really cool to watch the IndyCar. I must admit, I haven't really watched IndyCar before and... It was really hard at first to watch as the strategy sort of unfolded. Like everyone was so uh, so different in their strategies, it was quite tricky to follow mm. at first. But um, it was it was an interesting race, and it's good to see uh, Scotty. It was interesting, yeah, it was interesting watching uh, um, the race around a track that we've done so much in eye racing as yeah. well. Obviously, with the three hour for the Formula Skip Barbers around Barber Park, or we did half of it anyway in that. But we've also done it pre. Pre that was very interesting to watch as well. It's but, something I actually really um, enjoyed now that I've been doing eye racing for a little while. Was going and watching real life motorsport and knowing about the track so much more. Like even the Formula One on the weekend, you know, knowing some of those braking zones where it was a downhill braking zone, it's so easy to lock lock up and things like that. It made me appreciate how yeah. much, like how talented these guys are even more. Oh yeah, and yeah, shout out to Scotty for fourteenth um, in that in that IndyCar race and. Um, yeah, willpower almost getting there in the end. Sort of didn't quite have enough. Um, wasn't quite close enough when he started burning the push to pass at the end. But yeah, very very good race. Enjoyed it. But first car, first lap pile up. I felt for him because I'm like, I've done that before. <laughs> yeah. I'm, and then Jimmy Johnson when he went off, I'm like, yeah, I've done that before too many times. <laughs> I, I know that that. <laughs> I feel your pain. So yeah, no, <laughs> that was good. Very good. I can't wait to watch uh, some Petersburg this weekend. So looking forward to that. Uh, so let's move on to the stuff we've been talking about. This is it. Our mark. We're just about there. Aussie car season seven, formula skip barbers season will be called two up this season. So look, there's, there's six, six rounds as, as normal that happens, but there's a very different sort of, uh, layout to it this, this year or this season. So So looking for, I'll, I'll run through them. Um, 
So I'll skip one though, okay? So I don't think I've forgotten that. I'm going to come back to it at the end. So to start off the season, um, I guess, first of all, the idea behind this two-up season is going to be that we're going to have two layouts at most of the races this season. So the tracks have been picked as tracks that have multiple layouts. Um, There's three free tracks and three paid tracks. So round one, we head to Indianapolis Motor Speedway to race the road course for the first race. And which is the clockwise track. And then we go to the MotoGP bike track, which is the anti-clockwise version of the same track, except it's missing one of the oval turns and gives you another little four-turn four uh, four section in there as well. Have you had a chance to go there yet, Pete? No, I haven't, mate. I really... I, I've done Indianapolis uh, Speedway. I think I've done it both, the, both versions before, particularly in the IndyCar. Um... And it is a very fun layout. It is challenging as all hell. And I look forward to seeing, especially some of those corners in towards the end of the middle section, um, the fast left-hander in particular. I can't remember which one it is. But yeah, it's at the end of the straight uh, with a lot of um, draft. It'll be very interesting yeah. corner to see how many people overshoot that. So corner. the road course was about a minute 45 lap. And then the MotoGP bike layout was about two minutes-ish. Um, as well so i actually found and i have made the mistake on that where i've driven straight ahead in my indy car <laughs> and not taken that turn and there's a blank wall there and your car disintegrates oh, wow. just literally disintegrates yeah. and i couldn't work out what i was doing wrong and then i'm like oh hold on the track turns left there Sorry. um my so bad. then we had to brands hatch so um pretty popular track race one at the indy layout which is the shorter one and race two at the Grand Prix layout, which is the uh, longer full full track. And we have been to the longer the Grand Prix track before in in the Aussie Car Series. So yep. yeah, heading back there again. Uh, then we head to the new track, Hockenheim Ring. So that's obviously just the one layout for that one, and that will be the first endurance race. So that'll be the full uh, Grand Prix layout for Hockenheim, which was really fun to drive around when I had a quick drive around it. Have you been there? Yeah, I raced, not in the Skippy, but I raced it just recently in the Dallara IR01. Because um, they're similar. Not very successfully. <laughs> they are. They've got wheels and they've got wings. <laughs> did you see the person who did the um, took the Ford Focus, I think it was, around and did the Joker layout of, um, of, of Hockenheim? There's apparently a little spot you can turn left and you go around this footpath that goes right around the outside of the thing and it's all legal in play and then comes back on just before the end straight and he's drifting the whole way around it's um look up hockenheim ring joker lap on youtube you'll um, check it out it's definitely worthwhile but yeah it's a good track it's um it'll be interesting to see that one especially in enduro which i suck at but you, back to you Ray. uh we skip round four for now we'll come back to that after round five's at uh alton park which is the Fosters um, with Hislop, which I think is the short track, and then the International without the Britain's chicane. So yeah. another one we've been to. Uh, round six is Oran mm-hmm. Park, uh, the South Course, and then the Grand Prix Course. And then round four, we'll go back to that, is the US International Speedway, which is the Oval Course. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> this is the one I wanted to hear your thoughts on, Ryan, in particular. So now. it's going to be set up uh, so like a speedway night. So there's going to be a um, a, a two random draw heats with the top 50% going straight through to the A main. And then the bottom 50% going through to the B main, which will then uh, work out grids and then everyone will be in the A main for a 
125 minute, uh, 125 lap, 50 minute feature. So, this is pretty much the first shakeup we've seen to the Aussie car format in quite a few seasons, yes. isn't it? Because yeah, so looking at this, not only obviously the introduction to an oval Wilco, but we've got the uh, a shorter qualifying as well uh, for, yeah, the, for the so second race. Race race two is now only a five minute qualifying. Which look most of those tracks, except for the speedway, which doesn't have qualifying, is you're getting maybe one lap, maybe two lap, and that's what Ira was talking about midweek. Was he wanted to shake up race two to put a lot more references on the one good lap to get you into qualifying and then extending it to a 30-minute race, which is the big change. Usually they're a 25-minute race. So that as well is going to push that fuel window sort of 11.8 is what we usually drive for that second race, and that's pretty much 30 minutes worth of fuel. So it'll be interesting to see if people like Nathan Verney actually do have to put a bit more in their tank, which will slow them down slightly or have to... um, top it up when they do the tyre change but we've done six seasons of pretty much the same thing where it's the same track over uh over the round um the endurances was the the, probably the the biggest shake-up we've had in those six seasons but yeah this is a massive shake-up for season seven and obviously i was trying to keep it fresh um and keep people interested but what do you think of us going around usa international speedway ryan like are you going to make sure you're commentating that race in particular i might (laughs) I might want to race it. <laughs> you might want to race it. I've honestly been screaming at him for a for two things: a dirt race and an oval race. Um, at some stage during the season, and this is the this not the this is not the oval race I wanted, but driving it on the weekend. Um, yeah, twenty four minute twenty four second lap. Uh, no real. There's a high line, low line, I guess, but there's no real advantage to either. But um, the cars are dangerous under under colds for the first probably five or six laps. And then as they warm up, you can really push the limit of the car, which then brings in its own little things of you are literally on the limit and the smallest little mistake could take out half the field <laughs> in a race like this. So I understand exactly why you want to race it. I'll, I'll, look, you can do locked on racing. You can race for locked on racing that one race of the season, mate. I'll, I'll sign you up right now. <laughs> It's uh yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. So, uh, the two enduros uh are in the middle, so that's Hockenheim, and then obviously the Speedway night at USA International Speedway, and then, like you said, the one uh, two race format for the rest of them, with the fifteen minute race, and now the thirty minute race instead of the twenty five. Are you going to take? What do you reckon, Braden? Have you? trial the 30 minutes of fuel in the skippies are you going to just chuck in the extra little bit or, or just splash and dash with the tires i you haven't reckon? tried yet um so can't really give you an answer on that it's one it's going to be interesting <laughs> but yeah it'll definitely toss up because i think different different ideas yeah definitely that's what we want to see just a little bit different um so yeah that's the main thing so look forward to what that actually brings and yeah, there's some definitely some good tracks in there. Like even uh, Oran Park South to finish off the the season. Um, did you do some laps around that one? At I all? didn't. I've done some laps around some of the different Oran Park layouts before, so I didn't bother jumping into that recently. But I've really enjoyed Oran Park where we've well, been just, there before. It's a twenty lap race, and it's the fifteen minute version. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's a nice little short <laughs> one over the back there, which will be very very yeah, fun. Go kart track so. style. All this sort of came out of he did the three week free trial over 
over Christmas, over the Christmas break, and that's this is sort of some of the stuff he was testing out in there. So, Ira, bring in a dirt track, you coward, and um, <laughs> let's 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 see season eight, uh, one lap on one race on dirt, and and we'll go from there. So, uh, but yeah, that's Aussie Car season seven formula skips. Keep an eye out for it. Uh, final race is tomorrow night, uh, so Thursday night uh, of season six, and then we go straight in no break season seven. So. Look out, and we'll have some announcements about Locked On Racing very soon. I just saw uh, another driver confirmed, so we're, we're good to go uh, with announcing all that stuff fairly soon. But let's go on to the local results. Let's talk about Aussie Skip Barber. Uh, Ryan wasn't commentating, so there wasn't any commentary curse going on. However, there was a whole heap of action going on. Um, Braden, what happened, mate? Yeah. I, I was crashed out. I didn't see much. <laughs> so we went to Monza Junior, which is actually a lot of fun. Um, for those that don't lie, well, for those that don't know, no. it's the basically uses parabolica and a little three-turn combination halfway down the down the main straight. Um, and that gets you back onto. It's the back a lap straight. around an oval with Ryan when he loses it halfway around one of the bends, and then he has to fish it <laughs> and then get back on and then effectively, straight. yeah, and that, that's what it is. So Alex McKellar took pole for race one, and he pretty much led the group away, uh, but only took until lap two to see. Uh, the incidents uh, sort of start to begin, and which is normally what a pretty clean and incident-free league. So um, it was definitely a bit more hectic and a bit more busy than it normally is. Um, unfortunately, Sean together came. So Sean Doyle came together uh, with one of the two, or so we with two 111 cars. Um, and then by the time um, all that happened, uh, the front group had also had a bit of a problem at the end of the parabolica with Perez and Clark coming together as well. So that sparked a bit of a mad dash for myself, um, trying to dodge and weave through some of the gaps to <laughs> make sure I didn't get takeout. Um, and it gave, um, I think it was uh, Russell, a, a big run, uh, Dean Russell, the group. So he gained a few positions um, into turn one. Alex John was then caught up in a, a late dive from memory um, in turn one, which gave him some damage as well. So... It was pretty much all happening, um, and Monza definitely proved a different challenge. So for myself, race one was going pretty well until a pack ahead of me uh, had a bit of an incident, and I sort of had nowhere to go. Um, I lost the whole front end of the car, but managed to not get me. Yeah, you did so, some weight reduction, I saw. Yeah, it, was, it looked really my good. My feet were very cold. Uh, but yeah, so I managed to stay <laughs> out, but had no front end, so had no speed. Uh, managed to get a P11. So the first race was pretty, pretty hectic. I realised... We we I had to rush off and do another podcast, so I didn't get to do a um debrief with you. But I was sitting there on the grid in race one and looked over at my frames, and I'm like, "Oh, that number says forty frames a second. Oh no, <laughs> what am I going to do?" Um, so I pulled over turn one and let every the whole field pass. I'm like, "I'm not going to take people out because my my computer freezes. I'm just going to sit at the back and I'll just lap and and fix it up for race two. Three laps in, I'm sitting in fifteenth or something or thirteenth all of a sudden because the half the field has been taken out by all these incidents yeah. and we'll go through the results in a sec, but I end up 16th and I was the league car. I end up getting taken out in the end anyway, but, um, but everyone above me, bar Isaac Summers pretty much was a lap or two down from damage. So there was only about half the field actually got across the line. Yeah. The uh, but yeah, I got caught up with, um, Dean Russell and, uh, someone else, one of the one eleven cars again, uh, collided in that turn two area and I just had nowhere to go. I thought Dean was going right and he sw- swung back left, which I sort of did to Darren Lassou last week. And um, 
Yes, it's, I got air off the, like the, our, my front right hit his back left, and I got air and then dropped, and I was fine. And then I came out of turn three, and all of a sudden I felt the bottom scraping out, and I had a meatball from that wow. somehow. <laughs> and then did a lap because I'm like, okay, everyone from that incident's going to go into the pits now. I'm going to do an extra lap, which means they're all going to be eight minute penalties or or, or repair time. So I'm going to be ahead of them. Ah, uh, yeah. Because none of them are going to come back out. And then I did the second lap and I went straight ahead at turn one because all of a sudden the car wouldn't oh, turn. No. So backfired. <laughs> it had done every other turn fine and then done the parabolic fine, but then it just wouldn't turn for turn one. So, yeah, that's what happened to me. But you go through the results, let everyone know how bad yeah, I was. Yeah, so Ben Snow took away race one with uh, with the win. Uh, Alex McKellar in second and then Dennis Hancock took out third. Um, some notable mentions. Ira Felberg was pretty chuffed over the radio at the end of race one with a top five. So... <laughs> I uh, thought we'd give him a shout out, and then Darren Lassoo as well had a pretty good um, ninth spot, ninth place finished. As I said, I, I managed eleventh, um, and then yeah, yourself, Peter, in sixteenth. Yeah, well, friend of yours, um, Ryan Justin Howe, randomly turned up for the first time in what three seasons, I reckon, <laughs> and he was in voice with us, and his the the his voice when he all of a sudden I'm in third, I'm like what the fuck. <laughs> And he was. He was fine. <laughs> Somehow ended up in third in his first game, first race in Skippy Barbers in like three months. And um, yeah, he was over the moon. And then obviously couldn't quite... Dennis Hancock uh, ran him down in the end, but he was over the moon. And then he, he had a shocker in the second race. But <laughs> yeah, shout out to you, Justin, for, for hanging around with us anyway. So race two. Yeah. Mate, what happened in so that? So race two was an all Milo front row for race two with um, Snell taking pole from Clark. Lap one was actually really clean this time um, and everyone survived. And then it wasn't until Hedderscheid sent himself around in that little infield section that there was an incident. Um, but then it sort of unfolded from there. So that was followed by Darren Lasso doing the same thing the next lap. Um, and then um, Ben Snell actually gave me a little bit of an opportunity because he popped up once again with uh, Milo cars doing their Milo things. And he ended up <laughs> spinning in the same, same spot as well. So... Uh, he caught up to me really quickly, so I managed to get through on him, and he caught up to me really quickly, but um, I sort of just let him past and literally got the tow rope out and just hung onto the back yeah. of him for dear life. I just followed him lap after lap after lap. I think I actually ended up with the fastest legal lap of the race, which I was a bit disappointed that Jay didn't have the uh, fastest lap times going up on the board because it would be the first <laughs> time I would have seen my name on there for on the broadcast. Um, that was no so, accident. Yeah. Yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> so, yeah, it wasn't until um, he pitted that I sort of lost him in the pits. Uh, my pit stop just wasn't as good as his. So up front, McKellar and Clark were working together to try and gap the rest of the field until Clark pitted. Um, and then, unfortunately for McKellar, Perez was working really well with Clark, which meant they all came back um, out around the same spot after the pit stop sort of shook out. And then it was a hard forward battle. At the end, which would have seen Perez take the victory, but he kind of pulled off into the pits and gave them the win. I just think he, being not there for most of the series was trying to avoid affecting the scores much, but or the points much. Uh, but in, it, it was in fact it probably was worse because he actually gave the other guys a few extra points and then didn't let Ben Snell through. So technically, yeah. he impacted it more than. So I think just that won. was a um, yeah, it was a a thing to do with race one where. True, um, true. Russell over 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 comms made a comment. So, um, yeah, I think he felt bad for what he what happened. Which look, it was it was an accident, yeah, and I felt real bad for Chasty because Chasty was involved in that one, and then another one in race two, which pretty much ruined his whole yeah. whole night as well. So, so um, yeah, I ended up dropping out 
uh, from that pit stop and put me in the battle for sort of sixth, seventh, and eighth. Um, I th- no, sorry, I think it was seventh, eighth, and ninth uh, with Dennis and and Chasty. So uh, we actually had a really cool run to the line, but uh, Chasty just pit me for seventh by was zero point with a broken 0. car. Zero point zero zero three of a second. <laughs> yeah, so three thousandths of a second. And he was he was not uh, shy in holding back about how happy he was <laughs> that he beat you and Dennis across the oh, line with a with a bent front wing. Very close, yeah. Just could couldn't quite get the run, unfortunately. So yeah, race two went to Russell in the end. Um, Alex McKellar second, and Alex John uh, taking third. Um, so I ended up with an eighth, um, and then Nathan Verney didn't have a good night either. My teammate he had an eighteenth and a thirteenth. So. Shout out to him, but, but he for came a negative, from I suppose nineteenth or something in that second race to get third. Yeah, though, he did so. make up a few spots. He didn't have a great qualifying, um, unfortunately. So yeah. yeah, that was that was the main wrap up. So that shows leaves us with the series points. So Ben Snell is now eighteen points ahead of Alex McKellar. So barring something drastically going wrong for him at Bathurst, it's going to be pretty hard to catch him. Um, so he's got 18 points on Alex McKellar, who's then got 32 points on Russell Clark for the top three uh, with Chasty and Verney. Now, the, the, amount of times, the amount of times that Ben Snell's actually spun this season, yeah. 18 points isn't that big a difference around Bathurst. That is so, true. Um, and then we'll see what and happens. the team points are basically as long as Russell and Ben both show up, they've got that wrapped up for Te- Van Diemen <laughs> Racing. So they're 102 points ahead of Nathan and I, Sharpie IT by Tech One. Um, and then we've got seven points over top split racing, so it's going to be really hard to hold on to Ooh, that is second going to be spot from them. So, yeah, that was Aussie car for the week. Considering they had a dropout where Alex John didn't race one week, that's a fairly strong effort from them, Thank to be honest. Thank you for reminding us, yes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to uh, just a quick recap of ODSE, and then we'll get on to the Ryan, uh, Ryan Jones story and what he's been up to all week. But... Uh, the round two of the ODSE went to Cedar Lake this week. Uh, for some reason, Berkeley was, uh, Berkeley didn't turn up, so that's going to affect the points. But they do get a dropped race every season, so it's just going to make sure he um, he has to sort of win the rest of them. So there was a few heats. I think the biggest one was um, there was there was an incident in, in heat four, which uh, saw. Holsey sort of black flag for an incident uh, that he had where it sort of felt like someone spun into him because he sort of was from behind. They, they penalised him, put him to a rear field, which obviously he, um, you know, I was with Stuart and made him miss out on, on straight qualifying through to the A-Main. Um, but look, it happened and then he went through into the C-Main, which is what he got relegated into and basically came from the back of the field to run third um, which unfortunately didn't get him through to the B main, so that he was his night ruined. Um, there, even though he he was one of the faster drivers on the night, unfortunately. So, out of that, we end up into the B main, which was an absolutely amazing, um, amazing race. If you ever get a chance, go back and watch ODSE round two, Cedar Lake, a B main where basically six of them were battling out for the last four or five, six laps to try and see which of the, the four would go through to the A-main, the final spot. And that was Chandler, Lawrence, Hobbo, Norman, Bastion and Delamont were all battling it out. And um, look, they they end up 
getting there and uh chandler and norman and lawrence and delamont were the ones who who, who successfully got through and, and the others missed out unfortunately for hobo who had a really good race um but look in the a main they had an early caution um which sort of slowed things down to start with um shoot um she could get a penalty uh first uh barry got knocked right out of the stadium which was quite impressive to see which which brought out the caution um, and then there was another uh, early caution that came from that as well from about five uh, five or six cars come together. But I guess the main things was um, that, look, there, it came right to the end. Uh, there was basically uh, Tim, no, sorry, uh, Clayton Davies was, was by far the fastest driver on the night. And, and with a caution at the end, it was the only real thing that brought him back to the field. Um Tim Ryan put in a really strong effort to try and overtake him. You saw him sliding down, taking the low line, getting in front of him, but losing his momentum and Davies going past him a few times. Um, but that putting all that effort in and, and losing that momentum put him back into Tilly's um, grasps and sort of Tilly then started, who had an amazing race and, and pretty much sat in those top three the whole way around and um, fought his way up to, to really have a chance of pushing Davis. But then... Unfortunately, Ryan and Tilly came together in the, with a couple of laps to go and sort of knocked Tilly back out of it, gave um, Adard a jump up into the podium position and Daniel Gow also slipped by. Uh, so on the broadcast, it was the technical finish order was Clayton Davies and then Tim Ryan and then Alex Attard. But afterwards, uh, Ryan got a penalty and the penalty with ODSE is if you uh, take someone out in the A main and you affect their finishing position, you basically, however many positions they lose, you lose. So Tilly lost the what was considered three positions, so that put um, Ryan down to fifth instead of uh, the second that he did finish. So, Which is fair. Look, it, it, Ryan was pushing hard. He said he didn't have the speed all night. Um, he, he was happy with where he finished up where, when he thought he was second, but yeah, just pushed a bit too hard and, and lost a little bit, and, and him and Tilly came together. But... He still leads the season, um, Daniel Gow in second, but this is going to be affected by dropped rounds and, and things like that down the track. But Daniel Hardigan had a pretty solid race as well to come sixth um, and, and hold on to third place in the in the uh, season at the moment. But look out next week. Um, I've Actually, I haven't written down where they go to, but look out for next week because ODSE, if you're into dirt racing, uh, really good stuff. But let's get on to the Ryan Jones story. Mate, we'll start with Anne's car cup, mate. What happened? Um, Where did you come? I don't know. Seven. Uh, oh, seven. There you go. Seven. Yeah, seventh. I had a good race. Yeah. Uh, where were we at? So we went to, was it Richmond? Am I looking yes, at? Yes, we were at Richmond. I'm having a shocker here tonight. Yeah, Richmond. 150 laps around Richmond, I believe it was. Um, and we had, I, I've got it right here because it was ridiculous. Um, no, I don't have it right here. How many portions were there? Fourteen cautions in the end was um, pretty much every ten laps. There, there seemed yeah, to be a we had 14, the... 14 cautions for sixty-nine laps. And how many of them did you cause? None. None. Which is ridiculous. I would have thought you would have been there. So what? What did you say? So you you pushed your way up there for a while as well, then then dropped back to seventh. You were you were battling for for fourth and fifth. Well, for I wasn't a while comfortable there. with the car um, in, in that race because that that. Yeah. that was a really really loose car uh, which benefited to some of those cautions um and i was part of a group that took tires during one of those cautions <laughs> one of them not here which one but uh, a group of us pitted uh, it was me edward foster 
uh, Jason Martin took tyres. And I pushed up and got to as high as second before I overcooked a corner slightly. And that set up a spiral of losing a few spots. And yeah, that was the highest I got. Yep. So there's all this has brought about a change with um, Anne's Car Cup as well. So we'll quickly touch on that. And then we'll go back to the actual results because um, a friend of the show, Michael Skurlock, did get the win there. So we'll go on to that in a second. Um, but... Basically, there's some changes with incident points and single car and multi-car will attract strikes uh, if they produce a caution, which was sort of a change they'd made before that race, I believe, because that was the single car incidents were now frowned upon a little bit more more than they were before. Yeah. Uh, but the cup field is now capped at 30 cars, which is an interesting change because it was about 40 cars that were starting every race, wasn't it? Yeah, max of 43. Yeah, so... They've they've locked it back down now to thirty. Um, drivers will be locked on based on incidents per lap uh, count as per Danlisa provided that took part in the previous race of the series. Uh, Twenty cars will be locked in via this method, and the remaining ten plus any left vacant or absent drivers will be decided on qualifying time. In extreme dri- cases, drivers will not. Uh, who do not demonstrate competence in practice will be refused a grid spot for the race. So, Ryan, I'm really sorry, but you're probably not going to be able to start many races from here on out. So, back to commentary, maybe? <laughs> I highly doubt it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, w- I won't get locked in uh, via the uh, incident per lap method because I've done two races, which are both short tracks. So, that was a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a very bad idea. Um, so, yeah, look, the. They're trying to clamp down because obviously green la- green flag racing is the best way to watch any kind of race, but it's back particularly uh, the oval stuff. So um, hopefully this helps out. Uh, so we've got a no, we don't have a question yet, but we'll go back to the results for uh, the Ansgar Cup. Now the best, uh, the highlight of my whole watching this series, uh, this race was um, Josh Micklemore, who's leading the championship, um, missed his pit bay. And got spun around in pits and then ended up having to go back out again. Uh, it was a very strange incident. I still didn't see exactly what happened, but he yeah, came in for his pit bay. And obviously pit bays are uh, pretty thick and in a, in a caution. And uh, yeah, just quite missed it. And then last minute went in and someone flicked him on the way out. So that was a very strange incident. But he still beat you right after all that. So that was... That was also another thing. But so we had Michael Skurlock win. Neil Pearson, who's chasing him down uh, for points, comes second, uh, which helped out the championship a little bit, narrowed it down to 53 points now between them. And Michael Skurlock is only the one point behind Neil Pearson in third. So it definitely shook the championship up a little bit or made it a little bit closer than it has been. So uh, Daniel G came third. Hamish Gallagher had a great race, 14th up to 5th. Uh, but Josh, the other part we didn't mention about that is he started 41st uh, and then jumped up to 6th. So that was an amazing drive for him. Just couldn't get the, the quality time in. Uh, so started back there. Some person came 7th. Josh O'Carroll Walden came 8th. Uh, and then Matthew Raymond 9th. And to finish out the 10 was Edward Foster, who we have got coming on the podcast in a couple of weeks' time. So well done him. Another couple mentions is Ruben Phelps, 40th up to 11th as well. But... Anything else to say on that? Did I miss anything, Ryan? Uh, no. I know that next week is Talladega, so I don't think the cautions are going to slow down. Oh. Well, tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> have you done Talladega for the official uh, I have. It's it's wild. Um, 
I'm really interested to see how it goes because you need a group that really know what they're doing in order to get the second yeah. lane going. Otherwise, you get a bunch of drivers that don't know how to run a super speedway, properly run a super speedway. The only way to run is single file. In order to yeah. get a sinker lane going, you need a good group of guys and girls. So, yeah, hopefully Anscar can get that second lane going tomorrow night as of this recording. Yeah, no, that'll be, it'll be very interesting to see. I, I love Talladega, so I'm, I definitely was supposed to do an official today just to have a bit of fun around it, but I didn't didn't get the time. But uh, we'll move into the trucks, and we've got a question from Lockie you i'm not gonna go i I did get told how to pronounce it during the week thank you carl but um i'm not gonna um butcher it right now but he had a question he just popped into our discord just to ask this question too uh so this is directed you ryan um i'd love to know his thoughts on tire saving not warranted and oval racing (laughs) (laughs) apparently not so this is reference i loved it uh all of a sudden you look like the fastest man in the world uh, about what, like 15 through 20, was it? The, when did you come into the pits, the, the early caution? Yeah, second caution of the race, like 11 I came in. Yeah. Yeah, so chucked on the, the fresh set of tyres because you get unlimited tyres. Yeah. Trucks. So I, I, I understand I, the theory. I should note, good. I didn't mean to pit. It was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how, did, how? Explain I thought everyone was going to pit. And so when I realised no one yep. was pitting, I went to turn back out. But I, w- I left it too late, and the cone was there, and I thought, "Oh well, crap! <laughs> guess I'm guess I'm oh, guess I'm pitting." Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was at the Texas Speedway, by the way. So yeah, you came out of the pits though, and you blitzed the field, got up to about third or second. Yeah. Did you end up getting the second? Yeah, I restarted. Yeah, Isn't I restarted sixteenth, right? got up to second, um, and then only Andrew Dyson in front of you, and you, you had the speed, and then all of a sudden, yeah, your tires did. Yeah, the tires cross over. Um, but it, it still works so, out in the long yeah. run. I mean, <clears throat> yeah. Look, and and if you had to got a caution there at the end, which Anscar trucks, you would probably bank. You, you could have banked on it, to be honest. But we went. Um, I can't remember how many it was. It was like a sixty odd laps without a caution, which was amazing yeah. to to watch. Um, it, it, it led into this strategy that people had to decide when they're coming in for green flag uh, tire stops and. Um, it really spread the field out, and you you could see yourself. You were leading the race, and you were there's only about four of you on five years on the lead lap, but you were doing three seconds a lap slower than people like Andrew Dyson who came in and Daniel G and Luke Traha, and um, they were it was a it was a fun thing to watch them be so far behind you, but to be ca- catching you so quickly and then wondering when you're going to pull the bullet and um, come in. Or, or then there was a few cases where the the trucks got sideways and didn't quite cause cautions. Um, I think there was there was a key moment too where where two of them came together, which I think Justin Howe was one of them, if I remember correctly, and scooted across the infield almost through the pits and then came back out on the track and no one spun around to, to bring that. the caution out for you. <laughs> yeah, it was about like sixty nine yeah. or something. So yeah, um, it's um what so what were you thinking when you're going so much faster than everyone else? Was it the best moment of your life? What at what point at the start of the race or at the end of the race <laughs> after I took my second set of tires? End of the race. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Yeah, because that was good too. Because you came out, but you you were, you were lapped down at the end of the, when you no, came, I back came out. out twenty five seconds behind the leader. That's right. So and then you got to within about fifteen, fourteen seconds. I can't remember the yeah, exact time. Yeah, fourteen, sixteen seconds. I think it was. 
Yeah, so which was really good to see, obviously, as well. So came fourth uh, with Lockie in, in fifth. So that's in Lockie's face for beating him. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, he can't, so he can't have a go at so me dirty. for my tyre saving because I beat him. <laughs> 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 that's it. So, um, no, look, Andrew Dyson looked great. Uh, and it's, it's, it's honestly just a shame that he hasn't driven as many races as everyone else at the moment. So, um, I can't quite find him on the leaderboard there, but I've, it's only a handful of races he's done. There he is two races for two wins, um, which is a phenomenal effort and, and one position behind Lockie on the leaderboard, to be honest. So well done to Andrew Dyson, who looked great. Daniel G. Did really good there. Coming in second, Luke Trahar, as we mentioned, came third, which puts him second on the leaderboard now. Only 60 points behind Stephen Williams. But this is the penultimate round. Is that right? The trucks are now done and dusted next week? Yeah, next week is the final round. And I think there's a drop round too. So it's going to make the championship very interesting. Oh, that'll... Yeah, definitely. Because Stephen Williams was obviously up so far because he has raced 11, uh, where, where Luke is only on 9. We've got Matthew Ra- Raymond on 10. Uh, who's 86 points behind, and Ruben Phelps, who's only raced nine as well, who's who's then 96 points behind. So within, there's just about 100 points between the top five. Um, so that'll be very interesting to see how that shakes out in the end. Um, when do trucks come back? Have you got any word on that? That'll be probably two weeks later. I, I should say okay. on the tyre-saving thing, what Lachlan's done <laughs> is he's picked up on something that everyone in Ant's car has known for a very long time is that I am very quick on one lap pace and quality and at the start of a run but I burn my shit up very quickly (laughs) and I just don't care at this point I mean we get so we get so many cautions that more often than not it doesn't matter in the end for me and I don't run enough races I just don't care doesn't matter. Look, if you drive as bad as you do, you become a commentator. So what's exactly right. Anyhow, I've got to win this season. <laughs> That's it. You have. Not that anyone's seen it. Uh, <laughs> please don't go back and watch the highlight reel. Please don't do that. And I'm sitting. Um, I'm so... sitting seventh in the championship with seven races. There you go. <laughs> yeah. No. Very good work. Very good work. I, I, I apologise. I'll say it right now for for getting to to mention your second place in our first episode. It it was a miss. It's just a misstep by me. I apologize. It's, I hope you it's okay, Nathan. <laughs> okay, no problems. Thanks, David. <laughs> uh, so let's quickly, we're running way over time. So we're going to quickly go into the patch notes. Look, there's a heap of them. It, it dropped today. Um, the main ones I want to bring out is that True Force uh, support for Logitech has been re enabled. So they've worked out how to fix that. So uh, if you've got one of the new True Force feedback, force feedback wheels from Logitech, then you are good to go with iRacing again. Um, the Global Mazda MX-5 Cup, apparently they're preventing license plate thievery on these vehicles within a new 3D model viewer. So they, they were apparently losing um, losing number plates, but now they fix that. So they can't steal it anymore, unfortunately. Uh, then there's a few things about gearing. Uh, uh, it's been adjusted for downforce for Darlington Raceway with the NASCAR Cup Series cars. And that's about it. Is there anything that stands out for you there besides the number plates getting stolen all the time, Brad? No, that was about it. Um, I noticed that when you set up some hosted sessions and things like that now, the proper time of days and stuff like that should transfer over. So there must have been an issue where um, if you tried to replicate a session that had already been made and turn it into a hosted session or replicate an official session or something like that, 
that maybe not all the information was being um, brought over correctly. So hopefully that's all fixed. Um, but no, apart from that, it was pretty light on in terms of stuff that affects most people, but just that Logitech stuff was important. Um, and there were some updates to the Arca cars with the new damage model being brought back as well. So that got re-enabled for the vehicle um, and they made some adjustments, just strengthening the wheels and changing some of the spring dampener limits. Um, because they could sometimes well, that'd help you out, Nate. Uh, that'd help you out, right? <laughs> sometimes yeah. they could just collapse without appropriate damage, so that's not what you want. <laughs> if... No, sounds like a skippy. Yeah. To be honest, I'm not still. I'm still not dirty about my car getting meatballed on last week. I can't believe that. Anyway, <laughs> anyway it happened. Um, so look, that has the patch notes. Uh, we won't go too much more into that. I don't think, unless someone has anything they want to point out before we move on. Uh, there's lots of highlighting going on the document, but we'll just move on with... That's it, mate. That's it. That's the episode done, right? Thank you so much for your time, mate. No worries. You've been a legend. I hope we haven't bored you too much, and I hope you didn't fall asleep there in the no. middle. <laughs> it was good. Good fun. No? Okay, good. That's good. I'm glad. Uh, so, look, I look forward to finding out what's happening with uh, Checkered Flag Media and the, the big announcement coming up soon. Uh, is there anything you want to plug before we round this out, though? Any of your content, any of your stuff that you want people to go see? Uh, I am not going to plug any of my own stuff. No. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Whatever. Go see Simspeed TV. That's where that's where you'll find him doing not much. Yeah, you about might find me every so. like once a month now on Simspeed TV. You can always go check out his highlight reel on um, Ryan Jones' commentary as well on Facebook. There's a nice little highlight reel of him commentating there as well. Oh, please don't look at that reel. Look at the page. You can look at the page, not look at the reel. The reel's outdated now. Ah, <laughs> uh, do it, people. Do it. We'll we'll link it in the patch notes if I get time. Make sure you guys go check that out. Uh, no, definitely go go check out Simspeed TV. That's where you'll find him. That's where you'll you'll see him. And go check out Anne's car series if you want to get a lesson on tire wear and how not to not to drive. So, um, Braden, mate, where can people find you? What plugs do you want yeah, to do? So over on twitch.tv slash the one D Wade uh, should be all things going well. Streaming the last round uh, of Aussie Car tomorrow night uh, at Bathurst, and then uh, you can catch me on Twitter at Braden Talks. Sweet. And if you want to see what Pit Lane looks like during an Aussie Car series at Bathurst, come watch my stream tomorrow night on Locked On Lads. I'll be sitting there with about three wheels on my car. <laughs> uh, it'll be good fun to watch that that happen. Uh, you can also find all our content at LockedOnLads.com. It's got all the stuff over there. Uh, the Discord, like I said in particular, LockedOnLads.com slash Discord will get you into here, which I've just seen another couple of people drop in while we've been live. Well, not live, while we've been recording, which is really good to see. So thank you everyone who has joined that during the last couple of weeks. And thank you everyone who's been enjoying the podcast. The episodes from last week, oh, sorry, the, the numbers from last week have been phenomenal. Thank you everyone who is liking, subscribing, sharing it and, and just listening. It's all been a little bit overwhelming, especially some of the feedback we're getting from people. So uh, thank you everyone. Thank you, Ryan Jones, once again. You've been an absolute uh, joy to talk to. Uh, I really hate saying that, but thank you. Um <laughs> We'll, we will catch you in the commentary world soon and like I said I can't wait to see what Checkered Flag Media is doing and we'll catch you all next week when we get John Lee on from Racecraft and have a chat about manufacturing uh, different bits and pieces for the sim racing sim racers out there so check that one out but uh, yeah until next week keep racing bye bye drive safe drive fast